Welcome to the Permaculture Pimp Cast, episode number 14. Thank you so much for checking us out, y'all. And by the way, if you are checking us out, check us out on the Fountain app. Um, Fountain.fm. There you go. It's a really good app. How you doing, son? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. All right, y'all. Tip of the day, right off the bat. Look, <laughs> there's a lot of people hitting me up right now, um, sending emails and stuff like that. I guess they're wanting to start YouTube channels, and they're asking for advice, son. They're asking me. For advice. Yeah, that's the wrong person to ask for advice on <laughs> on the YouTube channel. Dad gets in front of the camera, and that's where his job starts and ends, is, other than answering questions and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. if you're worried about, like, how to grow a YouTube or anything like that, it's the most important thing to do is stay consistent. Y'all taking the wrong dog to the hunt <laughs> asking me. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you stay consistent with uploading videos, you'll eventually create a following and then people start watching your videos and stuff like that. But get everybody you can to watch your videos. Talk to everybody you know about your channel and it'll, it'll grow. Okay. And it, you know, most solicitors, this is one of the things, this is actually the tip of the day. Um, most solicitors and stuff, when it comes to um, reaching out to you um, through podcast or anything like that, anything like that, look, y'all, you got to be especially this is one area where I do know a little something about YouTube because I deal with a lot of these questions. We have an issue where every other day there's somebody out there. Now that we're doing the podcast thing, uh, there's like people coming out of the woodwork saying, Hey, we'll offer you money to do this. Can you do this promotion? Can you do that? And I got to be honest with y'all. Every single time the answer has been a resounding no, because here's something you don't yet know. If you're looking at doing a YouTube and I encourage everybody to go do one, if for no other reason, it opens up options in terms of the people you may know around you and the, the positive people that it may attract to you, people that you didn't realize that. I mean, you feel a lot less alone in this world when you do that sort of thing. So one of the big things out there is every solicitor, it seems, I don't know it's because of our numbers are getting bigger or because we have a podcast, whatever the case may be, they're reaching out in record numbers. Hey, I got this product. Can you do a review on it? Or I have this, uh, you know, we want to sponsor you and we'll offer this, this. Well, I'm telling you what, when you read the fine print, you're going to find out a lot of these people, they'll say, oh yeah. Um, for example, when it comes to products, yeah, try out my product. And then you say, okay, we'll send it to me. And then all of a sudden they'll send or they'll send you the next email and it happens so often, son, I can't even describe it all. The next email is, well, you know, we're going to require this, 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 and this. And I'm like, hold on, Jack, you just, you just sent me a hundred dollar light and you want, you're, you're imposing all these restrictions as is like general advice. If you're a customer, because now I'm seeing like everything that, you know, the back side of YouTube and the advertisement that they try to get you to get involved with and stuff. Uh, if you have a podcast that you want to promote your product with, just send it to them first. Well, in the case of, I got to be honest, man, there's a whole lot of weird Shylock and Faustian bargains, I think, going on out there because I, I heard that, you know, YouTube ad revenue is going down, which, you know, really doesn't mean a whole lot to us because they don't pay much anyway. I mean, honestly, if you were to add up the amount that they pay you for the work you put in, it's pennies per hour. Well, also, I guess I should clarify what I was saying earlier. There's so many scams that come through emails. Yeah. They're just trying to get your PayPal information or your banking information. So, like, if knowing about the number of scams and how difficult it is to filter through, 
it just send the product if you have a podcast or a YouTube channel that you're wanting to like promote your product. Yeah, but at the same time, there's a whole lot of them out there and it seems it's a bunch of different companies and these companies seem to be legit. You'll say, yeah, well, send it to me and I'll check it out. I'll do a review. I'm not saying I'm going to in any way, you know, endorse your product. And I do tell them that too. I'm like, dude, if it's messed up, I'm going to let everybody know it's messed up. If you, if yeah. you're going to have me put my reputation on the line and then all of a sudden you find out they're singing a different tune. That's why in everything we've ever promoted thus far, every single thing we've gone to them. So folks, for those of you out there looking to do uh, YouTube or you're hoping to get sponsors and stuff like that. You got to think about this. Your reputation's on the line. We're going to be covering some of that today. It's not, it's really not hard to get sponsors. Um, but it's very difficult to get the correct, like the sponsors that fit you, unless you just want to, you know, be sponsored by anything and everything. That's, I mean, that's up to you as well. Well, there's a whole lot of them out there doing that. And folks, the, to date, um, every single sponsor that has ever come to us, the answer has been a resounding no. Every sponsor, everything we sponsor, I went to them because it was stuff that I used and I thought was valuable. So speaking of sponsors, this podcast is brought to you by Bone Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you did that little NPR intro there, son. Good job. But hey, um, for those of you out there doing YouTube channels, look, just there's always going to be that segment that, and we're going to be talking about some of them. There's that segment that is looking just to get famous. That was for the, the purple breathers out there. We're listening. Oh. <laughs> the NPR brought you back to NPR for you. Yeah. Well, okay. Now they're going to drop right back off again. So, um, okay. Uh, farm news, son. We, we got back just a couple of days ago from the homesteading life conference in Missouri, Mark Twain's hometown. So I was digging that part of it. Yeah, that it was, it was pretty hot though. Um, I mean, even by anybody's standards, really, it was like 100 degrees and the humidity was uh It was like 107 at well. one time when I checked. Yeah. yeah. And then but, I mean, everybody at, stuck it out. Well, I'm looking at the weather back here and it's 74 degrees. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, man, I can't wait. I, I'd forgotten when I first got out of the car when we got there, I'd forgotten what um, it didn't take long to, to adjust, though. I'd forgotten how thick the humidity is there. Yeah. But it didn't take long to, you know, I was back into the swing of it. It didn't take long. Hey, and all the people that are about to send an email saying, oh, you guys don't know what hot is. Look, we lived in Texas. I lived in Australia. We know what hot is. Dad grew up in Oklahoma. We know what hot is. And it was hot there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the hottest and the coldest I've ever been in my life were both in North Carolina, but that's another story. But that conference, son, we met a lot of cool people, man. We got to meet Doug and Stacy. I met them before. Um, and I'll tell you what, it, speaking of YouTubers out there, look, if you want to know, I'm, I'm going to give you a little inside info that you may not know every conference I'd ever seen Doug and Stacy at, you know, there's a lot of other YouTubers, man. They go there, they sell their wares and then you don't see them again. Doug and Stacy have always been historically and all the ones I've been to have always been some of the biggest names there. They are the first in and the last out, man. They are all about some customer service, man. Yeah. They they, I mean, everybody they're, time they're interactive too. They're going to talk to you. If you want to talk, they're going to put you to work. If you want to work, yeah, yeah I mean, they're interactive. Yeah, man. There is no two ways about that. Yeah. They, um, you know, here it is in Mark Twain's hometown. It was good. But honestly, the one thing that you can't possibly replace and folks, I know a lot of us are reluctant to go anywhere these days. I know times are hard, but, and you're also thinking, you know, a lot of us are thinking the other shoe's going to drop, which is really what this episode is about today, farming in fear. And, um, a lot of us are choosing not to go to a lot of these events because you're worried about, oh my goodness, what if I'm five hours away from home and this happens? What happens? Well, you know what? I used to live that way years ago because we've been at this. We didn't just wake up just now. We've been at this 
long before 2000, long before Y2K. And um, I spent a fair piece of my life. John Willis talked about that in great length too. You'll find out that a good portion of your life slipped on by because you were too busy believing the prostitutes. But, you know, when it comes to these conferences, I don't want to get into the main topic too early, son. Well, yeah. The, another thing, plus about these conferences, I mean, Dad, how many consultations do we give out this weekend? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah free consultations. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. I mean, if you seriously, if you're like a lot of people have been hitting us up about consultations lately, if you're wanting one. I mean, you can get, I mean, the best we can do from a remote location and stuff like that. But I mean, if you have questions, we've been answering the whole weekend. We've yeah. been answering questions. Yeah. That's one cool thing about going to these conferences also is that somebody can come up, you see them face to face and you know, there's a whole reason and I won't go into it again, but basically there's a reason why they don't want us any closer than six feet. I can't shake your hand. We can't feel, you know, Dr. Carrie Maddie was talking about it a while back, how you can feel, I think she's an osteopath and she... Well, was recently in a plane crash also, but she was been very critical about the jab. That point aside, it never it wasn't wasted on me what she had said a while back, how, you know, we can feel and empathize with a person. And I truly agree with that, that when you're within, your hearts connect when you're within six feet. You know, things like that. I mean, hey, you might be into all that hearts connect and stuff like that, but you can't ask me questions in the bathroom. You can't follow me into the bathroom <laughs> and start asking me for consultations. <laughs> Let me get out of the bathroom first. You can wait by the door. You can do whatever. But in the bathroom is off limits. Sounds like you had your version of what I talked about with the Canadians. Yep. Except I wasn't, I mean, I was physically at the stall when my man was in there trying to talk to me. But speaking of conferences, folks. Hey, it's, it's really good. Obviously, you want to try to find some that are close, but even the ones that you got to travel to, because frankly, we traveled literally from the mountains of North Carolina all the way out there and, you know, meeting David the Good. I mean, dude, I didn't, I didn't realize how me and him would just hit it off so, so much. And man, he's that dude's so awake, man, it'll make your head spin. Independence uh, Acres was there also. They have a really cool rabbit setup. They, yeah. I think they focus most, mostly on rabbitry, but they also had a, what was it? Mora knives for sale there too. Yeah. That was handy. I picked up a couple more knives there. Yeah. It was cool to meet them as well. You know, grumpy acres farm, you know, we've seen that at, at a few of them also hacks for the homesteader. MT knives was there. Patrick, if you need a knife, a bespoke knife made, go to him. Yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about, but you can't possibly get speaking of Mark Twain's hometown, which is where we were in a quote that I've said often, you can't get a charitable view of the world around you by vegetating in your own spot, your whole life. I remember living in Oklahoma at one time when I got out of the army. And uh, I remember this lady bragging about the fact that she had never crossed the state line in, in her 40 years. Like that was some some high degree of virtue or something. Um, so, yeah, get out there, folks. I know things are weird. Things suck. But look, I'm not going to live in fear. We're not given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Speaking of conferences, son, you got one coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I'm going to the Dogman Conference. Uh, was it tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. It's Saturday, but I'm going. I'm leaving tomorrow. Um, it's going to be in Pen Paris, Tennessee, and I don't even know what I'm about to get into. Now, what <laughs> on earth has that got to do with permaculture, son? I don't know, but I'm going to try to connect some dots. Man, I'll bear <laughs> I <don't know>. I'll <laughs> Yeah, I want to see what dots get connected at this. I'm curious, though, to find out whether or not the people at this cryptic conference are also to some extent in the homesteading. I know Tony from uh, the confessionals. Is. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that, inv that invited me to this. Um, also, if you think about it, if you think about the Appalachian Mountains and the whole the whole mountain range, it would support an apex predator like Bigfoot or Dogman. 
and oh we could never goodness. even know. I mean, it is a possibility. I don't know either way. We're going to put him in a permaculture chart? Hey, well, he we fits. <laughs> apex predator, he fits. You need 10,000 prey per apex predator, I think. And uh, there's definitely 10,000 prey in the Appalachian forest. Well, and the, I guess bear would be prayed after to that thing. I don't know, man. I, I all I know is I never want to have a conversation with one. Ain't no, ain't no Harry or whatever that whatever that video or movie was back in the day, back in the eighties. Harry and the Hendersons or whatever they take Bigfoot to the house. I don't think so, man. I have no you, idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I bet <laughs> Harry you don't. and the Hendersons. Yeah, dude, they was went that out an eighties movie, Dad. Yeah, something like yeah, that. They brought like this it. Bigfoot back, man. I'll tell you what, you notice. This would have never happened in a black neighborhood. They brought, <laughs> you know, it had to be some white folks because if you brought Bigfoot back to the hood, trust me, they'd have made a pot of greens out of him. He'd have to survive. Can you imagine Bigfoot in Chicago? There ain't going to be no sequels in that movie. What Jack. was that leprechaun movie? <laughs> leprechaun in the hood. Man, we better not get too far adrift. Um, folks, let's not forget about those Kentucky farmers out there. Um, yeah, I'm sure they got their share of Bigfoots over there or Big Feet, whatever you call it. I think Dogman mostly there. Well, Kentucky. Claim. Well, right now it looks like Godzilla stepped all over it, man, with all the yeah. you know trouble they have in there. So, folks, um, son, is it something we can link down below? Yeah. I know we did in our last YouTube Yeah, video. the GoFundMe will be linked down in the description. Um, if you can, try to, try to help support some of these uh, Kentucky farmers. Basically what's going on is the flooding happened. And the government is going in and helping the cities and towns, but the farmers don't necessarily aren't necessarily in cities or towns. So uh, they're being left stranded right now. And a lot of their livestock got washed away in the stuff that is there. Um, yeah, I mean, they don't have any feed. Everything that all the pastures are covered in mud right now. And any feed that they did have on hand is kind of ruined. Man, I'll tell you what, it's sure... I mean, I, I tell you what, with all the things going on, man, it's pretty hard for me to believe. I probably shouldn't get into this right now, but I, it's getting, it's not hard. It's impossible for me to believe that all these things are just happening over the last couple of years. You know, I, I have a hard time. People want to call you a conspiracy theorist, man, but I got to call them coincidence theorists, man, because you're not going to have me believe that every single thing we see unfolding right now is just some accident. Well, one of the long-term benefits of the flooding is that once that mud, yeah. that sludge went, goes anaerobic, I mean aerobic, after it's turned from anaerobic to aerobic, it's going to be really good topsoil. As, to as old as time immemorial, man. That's what they used to count on back in the day, back in Egypt. You yeah. know, you're counting, you know, and, but folks, at the end of the day, I guess if there is some, man, I mean, dude, it's just every time you turn around, which is really walking right into the topic that we're going to discuss today regarding farming and fear. But let's get on to some more news, son. Now, okay, this one came from, yeah, take it with a grain of salt, but I think it's pretty well confirmed from Yahoo News regarding the record heat everywhere. And they're talking about, um, you know, this thing, Dallas finally got some whatever. Got Son, how do we deal with this record heat and dry spells? How have we historically dealt with it in the past? I mean, swales. Swales can drought-proof yes. your landscape. I mean, that, that place, like I said, the place we abandoned, abandoned in Texas um, is thriving, and we haven't done anything to it. We especially haven't watered it. So whatever water it's getting has been falling from the sky, and it's been harvesting it, basically. Well, it'll be really curious to go back after all this drought, even though this isn't the first drought back there. I would bet dollars to donuts that that thing is absolutely thriving, doing just fine, 
And because it had been for two and a half years. Well, yeah. when we get back there this next time, it'll probably, yeah, it'll be on three years. Hold on. When are we getting back there? Well, I well, I got that thing with Jack Spierko in November. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah, uh, check out the Survival Podcast, y'all. The best of its kind. In fact, man, Jack has been a cool dude, man. It's been yeah. really good to get to know him. And he also turned us on to that fountain app. So, yeah, definitely check that out. And definitely check out the Survival Podcast. If you haven't, folks, you don't know what you're missing. Um you no, know, but what all this heat and the and the, you know they're going on in Yahoo. Of course, there's a like they say. You know, in the news media, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, this is one of those examples where you're telling me something we already know, and then when you look at the records, they're saying, "Oh my goodness, it's never been this dry. It's never been this hot. It's never been." Well, we're finding out that that's not exactly the yeah, case. Yeah, that's that's not true. I mean, and then also the changing of the wet the weather maps this year with the heat maps. Yeah, like sunny days are now painted red instead of yellow, like they used to be. Um, so everything looks. If you look at the map, everything looks hotter than it actually is. Well, and knowledge just busted into the office. I can't believe this dog just rolled up in here. Like she just owns the place. Little hood rat dog. That's Michelle's little hood rat dog, y'all. Yeah. Well, she's actually kind of a sweet dog, but anyway, um, I don't know whatever possessed her. She has never done that before. So when it comes to this heat, y'all, everybody knows it's hot, but there are ways. This is why when we were at Doug and Stacy's at that Homesteading Life conference, we talked about swales, and I'm telling you what, people were paying attention. Hey, you know why Nala's all excited? Why? Milk Boy just walked up on the porch. Are you kidding me? Yep. <laughs> are you Are you for real? Don't I'm be playing with me, I'm not playing with you, Dad. Is your mom Sam? Yeah, she saw Okay, y'all, here's why. Okay, this is literally breaking news right now, talking about a news segment. Man, I was over here nervous as all get out. We haven't seen my dog since yesterday. No, not even yesterday morning. No, it was yesterday afternoon. Was it? Yeah, because we were all tripping, man. And um, I'm sure he is out there getting the king's treatment right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure mom dropped the comfrey completely and started petting him. Well, yeah. He just walked up on the porch like, hey, what's up? Yeah, what are you like, guys up to? <laughs> okay, so here's the problem, y'all. Here, we we talked about this long ago, and we probably ought to do another video. But now I am as happy as can be, y'all. Thank you, Lord. I mean, this is actually a prayer answered because we didn't know where he went. He had been barking at some stuff up in the woods, and I was like, "Man, there's some black bear up there, up on the top of this mountain." Yeah. And I was sitting here thinking the worst, man. But I had been praying profusely, so uh, God does answer prayers. That's one of many prayers that keep getting answered. But anyway, he wasn't here. And then your mom, man, all night, dude. I know she didn't sleep any. Yeah, mom didn't sleep. If the if an animal is sick or missing or anything is wrong, if it if a chicken has a cough, yeah, she's staying up. And it manifests itself in her being all grumpy. Well, I don't grumpy. know about that. Yeah, well, not with you, but with me, it's like, hi, William. What would you like for breakfast, <laughs> Billy? Does so, anybody remember that video where I said my parents are going crazy when that last winter? I might make a part two, y'all. No, no. She had it coming on that. So now she's out there. I guarantee she's as happy as I'll get out. But anyway, um, here's here's what that problem was. We'll just cover this real quick. Is uh, We got the front part of our electric fence down. We had it down. Well, it needed to be cleared. Well, we turned it off, and we didn't turn it back on. Well, our gate, everything around this place is electrified. Well, there's a great Pyrenees next door named Lulu, and uh, I guess he just decided he's just going to go off frolicking with Lulu. And so he's been MIA 
got everybody around here worrying, so we're just going to have to, you know, take matters in our own hands now. Yeah, our, our neighbor doesn't fence their dog in at all. Yeah, she's a sweet dog. Yeah. But she's killed some pretty big coyotes, man. Yeah, and she will lay in the middle of the road as if, like, nothing's even going to harm her like one of these <laughs> like one of these old boys up here will not run her over yeah, yeah that's a brave dog y'all but anyway milk boy he's back in the saddle again i'm yep. happy about that so yeah we'll have to make a video about that but y'all it's been really weird okay so back to this back to the subject at hand um i still can't believe nala just came in here all excited that's yeah, why she, she rolled busted up through the, i i think so well wow. i think she's been acting odd i mean since milk boy's been gone she's been kind of acting odd like she's trying to I, I don't fully know, but then she just busted in here all excited. If y'all have seen Nala, you understand why it's so funny, because this dog looks so homeless. Yeah, she looks like, she, yeah, she she looks like, like a been science there. experiment. She's like smacking her chest like, been there, homie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was. Which lab did you go to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't let your mom hear that. <laughs> okay, uh, other other news, y'all. was plum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dog does look like it came out of Plum Island, but let's not digress too far. Okay, Wall Street Journal, they're saying, here we go again, rising food costs could be a business risk. Are you kidding me? You think that's happening? People are already jacking people for the groceries. What? Well, hey, the, the good side is that there has been no increase in inflation for July. Oh, according to according in the economy, according a, to Joe economy? Biden. <laughs> economy. Dude, this guy is a is a source of some serious comedy. Comedy. Economy. Economy. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's real good for that. I'll give him that. You know, late night comedians should be having a field day, but you know, yeah, they must be kicking kicking themselves like, man, I didn't get the green light on this guy. Yeah, no kidding. But look, look, y'all, it's fear, fear, fear. Of course there is. I mean, rising food costs could be a, a business risk. Well, they go in there and just like every single son, I went down Drudge. I'm sitting here looking. I go down Politico. I go down all these different um, aggregates, news aggregates on there. And I'm just kind of poking through. I don't spend a lot of time there. I really don't, folks. And that's part of the antidote that I'm going to provide, hopefully today, is I don't spend a lot of time looking through this. But because of the things I've been seeing, oh my goodness! But look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow smoke either. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I'm go, I'm gonna be brutally honest because we don't have like we were talking at the beginning. It's not like we have advertisers. I got to worry yeah. about. It's not for a shortage <laughs> of them. Believe me, everybody in the great grandmother is like, oh man, we love your podcast. You know, everybody's finding blah, 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 blah. Would you go ahead and... No, it ain't happening. Unless I go to you, unless it's a product I use, don't even ask. I mean, unless you got a bomb project or product and you're willing to let me put it through the test. And if it does what you say it does, and if it works really great and I love it, it may do exactly what it says, but I may not need what you're selling. Yeah. I mean, well, there is one guy who recently sent me an email and it was, it's kind of a cool concept where they have, it's like a online store and it's only American made stuff. No, I, I dig that. Yeah. yeah. I can get behind it. Yeah. They're legit. I can get behind that. Hey, but I mean, yeah, if you have just, Make sure your product is good. Yeah, but okay, we don't want to go too sideways, son. Here in the business, they're saying basically that all these businesses are at risk because food is going through the roof. Yeah, that's a fact. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to tell you straight, folks. And I've been saying it forever. I'm just not going to say it over and over and over on YouTube. Look, things are tough. They're going to get a lot tougher. That's why you heard me talk about it a minute ago. The survival podcast, Jack, Jack Spearco has been talking about this for years. And there's a lot of other reliable YouTubers that have been talking about this for years. We'll talk more about it in a minute. 
Yeah, you're wrong. Nala was wrong just rolling up in this door. <laughs> and we had uh, Chloe out there making just, all this noise a little bit I earlier. I think that's what Chloe was barking at, was Milk Boy popping up. Return of the King. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. All right, y'all. So, Farming and Fear, I'm going to be I'm gonna be brutally honest with y'all. And I'm going to say things here that might offend some people's sons. So, whatever. I, I don't really know what the subscribers are to anything like this. By the feedback I get... I hear that people, by and large, pretty much like what we're doing. I know that there's nobody else out there. so They either like us or hate us. Yeah. It's I one it's or the a, other. It's a pretty good thing, to, pretty yeah. good place to be. Like um, like Eric was telling me once, you know, that he had gotten some, I bet, I'd better not say exactly from whom, because he didn't give me permission to say so, but it was like uh, a guy that we all uh, respect and love and has been a great uh it's been really great and dropping a lot of great information once said, you know, you'll be all right once you figure out who you don't mind offending. So at the end of the day, I really don't care. I really don't care who I offend as long as I know I'm being true to myself, as long as I know that I'm being honest. I'm not looking to go out of my way to offend anybody in particular, but there are some of these folks that really should get a big, you know, backhand of um, pimp slap. Okay, son, I wasn't going to say that, but I like it. I like it. I like that. We're going to elevate that pimp hand. We're going to open up our fingers to reduce drag and unleash. That's what I'm talking about. But, yeah, some of these people that are marketing in this. That should be a shirt. <laughs> yeah, elevate that pimp hand and unleash. The permaculture pimp slap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe I ought to mail some of these shirts to some of these culprits here. Look, y'all, we'll just start from the top. Okay, the prostitute media. The profligate prostitute media are the biggest purveyors of all this junk. I think these are the guys, probably under the guise of some three-letter agencies out there that have been selling this stuff for long, for a long, long time. And when you listen to people like Dr. I remember hearing Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, it may have been on Stu Peters, it may have been in, uh, Doug Hagman. He, it could have been any number of places. I, I get information from a lot of different places. It might have even been Mike Adams. But when they keep you in this state of fear, it makes you make bad decisions. It's just like on your homestead. If you're fording up with a bunch of people, and I'll tell you, uh, well, I won't tell you how I know, but I know if the people in charge are people that are easily given to A, exaggeration, or people that are easily given to B, fear, or C, emotions, or D, I, mean, I can go all the way at, down to Z. They probably shouldn't be people in charge because honestly, if they are given to emotions, when they're making critical decisions, son, how do, how have those how has worked with working with those people ever worked out for us? You put chickens in zone five. Bam. You get bad breeding stock. Bam. Uh, you misplace the placement of trees. Yep. You, I mean, do I need to keep going? Yeah, you put yeah. in 24-inch cooling tubes in the corner of your foundation. <laughs> right. You plant trees with the graft union below ground because you used an auger uh, on a fruit tree. You can get away yeah. with that with some others, but... Yeah, we, we've gone about that. So when you make you decisions. You put your pump in a flood zone. Or you put an orchard in the worst possible configuration because you're, look, we're saying this, we're not saying this because we don't know. We've been there. And, you know, there was a time where I was once the fearful person, which got me into uh, preparedness way back when. 
uh, long before, you know, uh, Y2K, everybody felt like they got burned on that. And a lot of people didn't see the value in it. It just made me double down. And of course I lived in a spirit of fear for years, to be honest with you, put my family through it. And for a time, son, you were even saying that you were reluctant to believe anything that's going on because you had heard it for years. Well, it's not that I didn't believe it. I was just tired of hearing it. Like it, cause I had, unlike most people where there's a waking up stage in their life, I had grown up in it. And at a, at a certain point I was just tired of hearing it. I'm like, it hasn't ended yet. I mean, it's yeah. like every, it, there were so many, uh, not false flag events, but like events that were supposed to have happened, came to pass, nothing happened. And I just got tired of hearing about it. Right. There was too much of that cry wolf. And at a certain point it was like, um, Maybe that was probably the effect, you know. I mean, I understood that, you know, these people are evil. The people in charge are evil and all that stuff. I understood all the, like, the cabal and all that. But I was just tired of hearing about the next event that's supposed to happen that'll probably not happen. Yeah, but I remember, just as a little side note, I remember one time we sent you, when we were living in Kansas, we sent you after some food or whatever. You came back and you actually said, Dad... I think I now understand yep. why they, what did you say? Yeah, I now get it. I now, I now know why they want to reduce the population to 500,000 for 500. <laughs> he said yeah, 500, that years 000. ago, y'all. I mean, now yeah. that's, that's a Malthusian joke. That was that we a don't... Chris Rock reference. I can't, was it Chris Rock? I like, I don't so. support it. But oh I, yeah. Yeah. I can't endorse it, but yeah. I understand. <laughs> but I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so they just got tired of all the stupid people they had to deal with. Yeah. So, I mean, there is that, but man, there are a whole lot of people and you know, we'll start with the, well, we've talked about the media. Look, I'm going to, I might just knock some of you off your chairs when you hear this, but Fox news ain't in your favor either. Okay. CNN garbage, MSNBC garbage. Anything, you know what? There was a guy that, with a whole lot of sense that once he said a couple of things really to me, and he says, "You know what? The 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 news, the music, the entertainment that you don't have to seek and pay for is worth exactly what you didn't pay for it." Yeah, and also, I mean, you guys shouldn't be fearful in a time like this. You should be getting ready and prepared to thrive in a time like this because right now we have the opportunity to take this country back. I mean, if everything is up in the air, if everything is collapsed, we have the opportunity to to take it back. Well, there's probably a number of people listening to this podcast right th- right now thinking, well, what, is, what does any of this have anything to do with preparedness? And I'm going to tell you everything. Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, when it comes to permaculture, I, I know a lot of the purple people out there, what he calls purple breathers. I know you people don't agree, but I got news for you preparedness is baked into permaculture. So when we're talking about this and there's so many people out there preparing in massive ways and you're writing to me and you're fearful and, or I see it in the comments or you're hitting me up on Patreon, whatever the case is, look, that's why we promote permaculture. I was, a, I was long into preparedness long before I ever got into permaculture. And it just seemed like, like, okay, this is a natural progression. This seems like the natural fit. I was a homesteader long before I became a permaculture designer. So all these things you can find out. And you know what, son, you know, what's really going to take people off is when I actually do write the book called tactical permaculture. There's so many of these things that are under the same umbrella. And then you have the purists out there like, Oh, that's not permaculture because of this. That's not permaculture because of that. Well, I'll tell you what, Jack, you want to sit here. I, I don't know why I keep saying Jack. Because yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of Jack, Jack Spirico Spirico. now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, man, I'm in support. I'm like, okay, Jack's like, dude, will you stop already? No, it's really. just free promotion. Yeah, okay, check out the Survival Podcast, Ted, again. Um, 
you know, when you when you get down to brass tacks, man, there is it's all baked into permaculture. So when you get down to it, you do those basic things. You start at zone zero. You work your way into zone one, zone two, all the way up to zone five. You get yourself into all these places and you do it incrementally. I mean, all of permaculture is preparation for the next succession. All of permaculture is preparation. Well, you know you're what else? You're preparing the soil. You're preparing for your 100-year rain event. You're preparing for Bam. your 100-year drought event. All of permaculture is preparation for the worst-case scenario. That's exactly what I wanted to point out. Exactly, son. So when you do a, when you, uh, you're going to do a pond, you're going to do a swale, what are we preparing for? The worst possible <laughs> yeah. event. When you put in your spillway, you're preparing for your 100-year drain event. The or rain worst event. possible events. That's what we are preparing for. That's what we do. That's exactly what it's all about, y'all. So, yeah. So I won't beat that dead. Well, I think that horse is plenty dead by now. But we're going right back to the fear component. You know <laughs> what, man? All these people on the news, they're garbage. And I don't care who they are. Fox News, all the others. You know, if you didn't have to seek them, if you didn't have to find them, they're garbage. And they're all in, they're all, they're, they're playing this left, right paradigm thing. And they're making you think, think about it. They they did a campaign to tell you that they're fair and balanced for crying out loud. So Fox news, CNN, NBC, all of them, they're all junk. They're all just left and right, you know, sides of the same coin. So don't listen to them. Now let's get into the YouTube channels, man. I, oh, the I, one I, selling fear. Well, particularly now, I want to be very clear about this because some people, when we were at that last conference, had some critical things to say about some of the people that were there. Well, also, I've gotten a different perspective based on Goshen. Um, what, Goshen, what was it? Goshen Farming? Goshen, Goshen Preparedness? I have a different perspective on it now. Um, I do, too. And yeah. I kind of I kind of get some of the clickbait titles. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do, but I kind of understand it to an extent. Because if it's coming from a good place, like if you're intending well behind it, like let's say you have some really, really good information, and if you title it accurately, it's not going to sound too appealing. But if you put some crazy title on there, some crazy thumbnail, now more people are going to click and watch this very beneficial information where they otherwise wouldn't have because you didn't have a some flashy or crazy title or thumbnail. I don't think I'm buying the benevolent youtuber out there in that regard because i've seen people now some of the ones that were critical were saying well doug and stacy sell this or danny from deep south was talking this well i got news for you they were talking about this long before all this stuff especially oh, yeah. danny danny's been telling you about this stuff for years and so they want to lump him into the uh, fear-mongering category well you know what he didn't just jump on this bandwagon like i've seen with so many others where all of a sudden they've noticed They've noticed, and it, it's it's shocking that it took them this long to find out. There's one particular homestead out there, and one of these days I might just put them on blast if I'm thinking, if I'm feeling bad. And they were doing regular homestead stuff. All of a sudden, they realized, oh, my goodness, I'm going to play this fear thing. Look how many subscribers I can get. And all of a sudden, they every single video, you could almost, you could literally go back and see the demarcation point in which they realized, oh my goodness, I could put butts in seats if I do this. Well, look, I have a media background. I know exactly how this works. I was very, very, very good at talk radio and putting butts in seats. Believe me, this is stuff I know very, very well. I know what I'm doing. And I will not engage in that garbage because I get what Goshen was trying to say. And he was right. I, I don't disagree. In fact, it was really, really great to hear yeah. his perspective. Yeah. But 
I think he's 100% right, but I disagree on one count is a lot of these people by and large are not in this for to be any kind of anything bet benevolent. Right. It's all I, about- I don't think he was uh, referring to the majority of people. I think he was giving just like a couple of examples of where like his own personal examples and stuff like that. I mean, that was really endearing as well that he put out like he put his own videos on. Blast. Yeah. He's like, hey, I got ca- caught up in it as well. And then, like, showed you some of his videos where he used the clickbait title and all that stuff. But his intention, and I believe him, his intention was to get you to watch this important information. I think I think I fully agree with him. He sounded like he was a little bit sharper than the average bear. But right. I, I think the people engaging in this thing aren't exactly putting any of that into it, for the most part. Yeah. And then he also cited us, you know, one of our more popular videos. Um, okay, so we realized, oh, gee, you get a lot of hay when you start calling out some of these gratuitous vulgar channels um on youtube wow you get a lot of hay for that so let's just keep doing it i could have done that i intentionally shut it down exactly for that reason i am not going to put butts in seats i'm not going to get subscribers out there i'm not going to do any of that um it's just not going to happen and then i'm not trying to be the sanctimonious holier than thou it's just I know the garbage and the fear that this is creating. I'm reading these emails from these retired folks out there that are saying, look, man, I feel like the whole world's coming down or so-and-so said this and they're giving names. Do you agree with it? And, um, and it's a constant, constant fear. And there's guys and there's women out there too. Uh, some of them live really close to us to every other. They're realizing that drama, especially when people are very emotional, uh, very fearful, they yeah. know that they can capitalize on it. So that makes you, you know, we call ourselves a pimp cast. Well, they sound like the real pimps out there, at least on our case. You know, permaculture is my passion. But for a lot of these folks, I think they really are pimps. They're pimping out this stuff or they're treating like these people like um, like they're the pimps and they're, you know, coming to their channels and getting their fix, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. Um, they're not even good pimps. Yeah, well. <laughs> The thing about it is if that's what you got to engage in to put butts in seats, you know, we're going to continue to try and make sure we expose what's going out that going on out there and at least providing solutions, which we're also going to do in terms of these fears, y'all, because I get them a lot. And I know that these, the biggest culprits out there, son, I'm telling you the number one biggest culprit that I get, and there's a lot of people that reach out to me in a lot of different ways. And I'm up till midnight, a lot of times answering a lot of your questions and uh, or I find a little pocket throughout the day where I'm able to just sit down for a moment and, you know, answer a few of these questions. But when I do or some of the ones that I address, like through here, there's a lot of these questions, man. It's all coming back from what they heard another YouTuber say. And it's really getting on my last nerve, man. So, folks, we're going to provide some solutions. OK, so I, I got a long list of other things I wanted to cite here as well. But look, fear is fear and it knows everybody's number. Yours truly. You really shouldn't be, especially with what I had said earlier, like this is the time to take our country back. We can honestly take our country back at this moment or here pretty soon. I mean, don't don't be don't be fearful. There's no reason to be fearful. Well, these you know what really eliminated a lot of the fear when I said I started out fearful. You know what did that for me, son? And I'm going to recommend the same thing for all of you folks out there. I'm, I look back and I thought, okay, what brought me from that? Let's say you have a, um, let's say it's a continuum and you got fear on one side and bliss on the other. And then, you know, in the medium, you know, you're copacetic, everything's cool. Well, I grew up in an environment of fear. My mom and dad were fearful. My brothers are fearful for the most part. And they lived in this never ending, fearful, uh, debilitating state. And so did I for a time. Until I decided to own it and, you know, come up with some stuff that made sense to me. 
But the fact of it is, y'all, here's what, here's what honestly got me out of it. First of all, knowing a little bit about growing food. You know what? That takes you, let's say it moves that needle just a tiny bit. So you learn to grow food. Okay, you got a little bit of a feather in your cap because it you never just arrive there, you know. You're yeah, you know, yeah. it's a constant thing, but just every little success builds on the next one, especially if you come from a from an environment like mine where, you know, there was a lot of abuse and stuff like that. So it takes little incremental steps. I heard Testimona kind of talking about a sort of thing like that in her podcast. Um I wish I could remember the name of it right now, but just Google Testimona. But I think it's the great silencing. Yeah. Podcast. The great silencing. That's what it is. Yeah. She, yeah. um, you know, she mentioned something about that very same thing when it came to these little victories, man, they add up. You just get through one day. So it's the same thing with growing, yeah. let's say a garden. It's not animals. Chickens are not the homestead. Um, it's not the thing that wakes people up at homesteading. It's honestly gardening. A lot of times, a little thing in a pot, you're going to fail, but be okay with failing. Also folks, here's what also helps get community. I dismissed the value of this for so long and I was making colossal mistakes because there were so many wonderful people out there. It's part of why I didn't want to get on YouTube first, son. Yeah. I mean, I had to, it's been a year of convincing dad to finally start this YouTube channel. I did not want to do it. I mean, I was, I was totally jaded by the garbage I'd seen on Facebook and some of the others, all these other things. And I found myself drifting into that hole and I'm like, okay, I didn't want to do that. But when I found out, man, I'll tell you what, you could not, at this point, man, I know that at any day they could take the YouTube channel. They might even be able to take the podcast, but you can't take the conversations I had at this well, last they festival. Can't, they can't take the podcast. We have it all. Actually, they can't even take the, the videos. We have it all backed up. Well, there's other there, there, there's other platforms. Well, you got a point there. Yeah, yeah, but at the end of the day, getting this community here, man, there's so many of you wonderful people out there that have made suggestions in the videos, whether it was taking the comfrey and putting it under a uh, carbon you know, yeah. around the trees. Man, yeah. that was a winner. I mean... There's so many different ideas, but honestly, in your own case, believe it or not, just go out there, find a gardening club, and you want to you want to get have people fall over themselves helping you. Go to a garden club, a bee club, an animal club, any kind of club, and tell them I know absolutely nothing about it. I want to learn, and they will take you. You will have to fight off people trying to take you under their wing, especially if you're a young person, especially if you're like around my age or younger, or just oh, somewhere my around goodness. my age, because. They're just happy somebody of the next generation is interested in the same thing. So, yeah, along with that community, you get skills, too. You'd yeah. be shocked. Um, the skills you can acquire just because this one person over here knows how to get milk under the radar. This person over here might be an underground butcher. Yeah. This person over here might be a person that knows an awful lot about, like, take Justin down the road. There's nothing. We don't have to hire some uh, some dude to come take us for a nature walk up in here, man. There, oh, there is yeah. no foliage in here. He doesn't know about. In fact, there's some cherries up at the front of the property. I want to ask him about because they taste horrible. Yeah, those I tried <laughs> the ones at the very, very front. Yeah, yeah, near the food forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't. A, your mom <laughs> seemed taste to horrible. Your mom, they must be sour as all get I, out because your mom didn't them, mind them at oh, all. Oh yeah, I tried them at every stage. I tried them green. I tried them ripe. I tried them slightly overripe. No stage is tasty. Well, we may have to go Old Testament on that tree, man, yeah. and replace it with something that's worthwhile. Or graft something to it. Yeah. Because we'll it's obviously doing well. Yeah, it's but. doing real good. So along with that community, y'all, you get your skills. And, you know, don't overlook that because there is somebody out there that feels every bit as inept as you. 
I know I've been there. You know, this is not something that I got to sit here and guess about. I guarantee you, if you join any of these clubs and you just lay your, don't go in there acting like, you know, there was a prime example. Every time somebody would come up to me and say, Hey, I'm in like, I was also an electrician. Five minutes. I find out you ain't an electrician or somebody. There was a guy named Bill. I remember I worked with him years ago. Uh, he was going on about his army service and he was in the 82nd. And I was like, yeah, really? I was, uh, you talked to him 10 minutes into it. You realize he was never there. He was just lying about the whole thing. But the bigger point is, is that if you lay yourself bare and you tell these people, look, I honestly don't know what I'm doing. People will fundamentally, it's one of those tricks and how to win friends and influence people. You ask somebody for help. Right. And if they're going to ridicule you because you don't know how to do something and you were upfront and honest about that. That's not the person you want to learn from anyways. And these people are generally weeded out of these groups long before. In fact, Nicole Sausset, Living Free in Tennessee, has, uh, you know, she could probably talk about this subject in great detail. But honestly, this is the antidote for fear. You know what else? Get busy. Get busy. I'm I'm tired of people telling me, well, I've looked at this for years or I thought about this for years. Look, you don't have the benefit of that right now. This whole thing, and I'm not going to sit here and say the whole thing is coming down because it wouldn't shock me with all the scams and schemes that they've already done thus far. It wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden you see a a sigh of relief for a period of time, and then all of a sudden we just pick up right back where we left off. It it could just be a test to see how susceptible we are to control at the moment. But at the end of the day, if you don't get busy, if you don't get out there and start putting some of this stuff to work, if you don't stand up and you got to get off the couch. There was that guy this weekend that we met. Um, I wish I could remember his name. He was a fan of Bear Independent, and uh, he had that. Oh, the one that lost, like. Yes, yes. A lot of weight. Exactly. So he was one of those people for years, as I understand it, looking at the TV, thinking like, okay, well, I'm nearly 400 pounds. I can't do anything about it. And also, um, man, I'm not all that active, can't do anything about it, literally sitting on the couch. And then he had his epiphany and realized, okay, You know what? I'm going to stop blaming every single awful thing that happened in my life or my condition. And just like I could too, folks. And I got family members that barring a miracle are going to wind up. The most offensive thing anybody could ever say to me is you haven't changed a bit. If it's a person I haven't met years ago. Yeah, and you walk up to me and you say you haven't changed a bit. Then a, you're either lying, you're you're just saying it to be saying it because I know it ain't true. I'm not even the same person I was last year. So if you're that person who has been crippled by fear as I was, there are so many things I will owe a, a lot of debts to my destiny early on, back when I lived under this umbrella for fear, and it, it affected me forever in a day. So many fantastic places I never went. So many awesome experiences I never knew. So many wonderful people that I never sat there and had a cup of coffee with because I was too fearful and um, you know crippled by this nonsense. And folks, that's exactly what they want. The powers that shouldn't be want you to be as fearful because they know fearful. a fearful person is going to make stupid decisions. It's it also going to require time. boldness, though. I mean, you, you're going to have to take that first step. Like, if you, for example, if you don't have, like, if you if you live in an apartment and you don't even have a balcony, you're going to have to farm someone else's land, and you might not have the opportunity, or you might not want to ask for permission. Um, 
just go ahead and do it. It's going to take a, a certain set of boldness. I mean, practice where you can until you can find your own place to do it. You know, it was funny because at this last event, we were, um, you know, there were a number of people around. And I've never, I mean, I know people won't believe it these days, but generally I am a, an introvert for the most part. Um, I guess I'm an extroverted introvert at times, but there are times, I mean, honestly, for days on end, I can be by myself perfectly fine. But there was a time long before now, before I started doing this, and you might even see it in some of the early YouTube videos, maybe not so much. I was never the gregarious type. I never was. I know that sounds crazy. I mean, there were times I put on airs and act like it for a whole bunch of stupid reasons uh, back when I was younger. But the truth of it is, is that you got to go out there. I know some of you are very shy to the point that it gives you anxiety on a level that you can't even imagine. But I'm telling you what, if you go to one of these, like one of these conferences, you'll find out that all you need to do is go up to somebody and just say, you don't even have to do anything. Just go up and say, hi. Hi, where are you from? Things that they clearly know the answers from. Unless you're yeah, from the I mean, state of Reticuli at one of these conferences William's well, going to. Yeah. <laughs> well, at these conferences, you all have a similar interest. You all have a similar interest. You're there for the same reason. Except for the, there was one couple that just walked up off the street to the conference and they're like, hey, what are you guys doing? But, I mean, other than that one couple, everybody there has a similar interest. So if you go up to, up, up to somebody and say, hi, where are you from? It's not odd is not unusual it's a very typical question that's asked at that place and if you acknowledge the fact like i said in a previous episode just acknowledge the fact that you are shy and people will take care of you for it yeah just acknowledge it yeah so think about it let's come full circle with this so grow food you want to get over this fear you got to get these skills you got to grow food get community get skills and get busy folks that's what i'm talking about when we come back we're going to hit the q a All right, man, you got to love that Keb Mo, folks. And for a lot of you folks out there, and this kind of hits on the previous thing, you know, I can't think of a more appropriate song for that. Keb Mo, City Boy, Looking for a Home. I think that album came out the same year I was born. No, no, I don't think it did, son. Yeah, 95? Are you sure that's when I'm it came out? I'm pretty sure that album, yeah, came huh. out when I was, the year I was born. 95 or 94? Well, I didn't I didn't know it until years later, but... um. You He's know, still making music. He came out, Kev Mo came out with the album this year, I think. Well, the cool thing about that song in particular is that, honestly, if you're one of those people, and, and this is part of what I'm going to get get at, I, I selected that song for all those people out there that I met in Chicago this weekend. All these people that came from or are living in all of these nearby cities, some of them grow to, drove a, a great distance to get there, to seek this lifestyle, to get answers, to find out what's going on um, in the country. And how do I find my way there? Going back to that fear, y'all, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I was raised a city boy also. And, you know, I grew up in South Oklahoma city. I grew up in South Oklahoma city and found my way to this lifestyle. So these are skills that can be learned. We don't have any Buffalo, but I heard there's an elk herd in Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Man, don't give me another reason to go back there. Okay. We got this first question from Joshua. He said, I found you uh, through Nicole sauce and Jack Spearco enjoying the pimp cast and been watching your videos. Let me try to get down to it. Now, one cool thing 
is that uh, you went to the top of the list because you're from my own stomping grounds in Kansas City. Um, he's basically, I'm thinking about making the holes wider. Okay, hang on. He's um, he's in heavy clay soil. He's trying to plant a bunch of trees, and he's saying that they survive, but they don't really thrive. He says, I'm thinking I should make the holes wider and possibly introduce new soil. Do you have any suggestions on what to fill the, the hole with? I usually add compost and mulch on top. Um, what I don't like about Mark Shepard's method is, uh, you know, neglect the trees and all that stuff. Okay. You came to the right place. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right off the bat when you're planting the trees, Mark, or I'm sorry, Joshua, I was thinking of Mark Shepard at the time. Um, he's asking about adding amendments and, uh, all this other stuff, uh, the methods we use. And we saw a big difference when we made that change were the methods of Stefan Subkoviak when it comes to planting trees, we, um, we try to get bare roots. There's a lot of times we don't. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you get discount trees at Walmart. Right. And if you find $5 trees there, right. You'd be shocked at how many of those trees work. Yeah. But guess what? They're not, they're not going to be in a bare root setting, but if you can get bare root, bare root trees, trees, it's always going to be the best. Now, as far as amendments, here's how we do it. And we've done videos on this where we try to make sure we have the graft union set up to where it's, you know, pushing against the dominant wind. We want to also make sure when we put these trees in the ground, whether it's a potted tree or otherwise, any kind of amendments that are there, we always put them on top. Right. And Subkoviak, because he sees things from a permaculture lens, um, he's also referring the work of uh, Dr. Carl Whitcomb out of uh, Oklahoma State, who had some fantastic fantastic ideas and uh, developments that he had made and discoveries that he made. Well, we put all of our amendments on top. So we, we basically dig that hole, put the tree in there, um, put some cardboard down and we've covered those. We've definitely have those videos more than once at our uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. If you're having, if you're having heavy clay, if you have heavy clay and you're noticing that your trees, I'm guessing your tree growth is kind of stunted. It's not really thriving. It sounds like you need to add a thicker cardboard layer. You just took the net. You just yeah. took the words out of my you mouth. Need to introduce the worms and mulch heavy on top. That's exactly what we've done in the place where we've had exactly that same problem where high clay, it's not yeah. going to happen overnight. You might think that you mulched like quite a bit or that you added quite a bit of compost. Yep. Go ahead and double it, triple it, yeah. triple it. I mean, so we put that tree in the ground. You can cover it with a little bit of manure on the outside, put some cardboard on it, put some compost on it, put whatever amendments you have on top. And it made all the difference in the world. And like William is saying, don't be afraid to go thick on that cardboard. Yeah. Don't be afraid to go thick also on that mulch ring. That's one of the yeah. biggest neglected things. It's it's a very common, like the size of these these things are, I'm noticing are a common issue, like whether it's the size of your compost pile, if it's the uh, thickness on your mulch, if it's the layers of the cardboard, I think people are... They're not fully understanding how thick it can go. I, like, okay, for example, Bill Mullison, this was told to me by Jeff Lawton, but Bill Mullison would basically say, fold your Sunday newspaper in half, and that's a good start. I think that's a really good, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're not, what you're doing is you're creating those worms and the other uh, microorganisms in there are going to tear that cardboard, everything else down. If your soil yep. is alive, and those they're going to exchange it down in there. So that clay that you have around there, in fact, somewhere where we put that instant garden down below, that was solid clay. And after yeah. one year, yeah. it was as loamy as all get out. That was a hard pan that had been sprayed for years. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In one year, just doing an instant garden out there, 
Um, it made all the difference in the world. We also did Broad Fork under that as well. Not not the first one. We didn't have a Broad Fork then. No, I'm talking about the one across um, across from the high tunnel. Right. The the one we just did. Right. But that, the latest that has one? changed completely over. Well, there. that's yeah. It sped the whole process up even yeah. more. But honestly, uh, Joshua, you want to make sure you lay down a massive. Keep it away. Keep it away from your graft union. Um, it should look like a donut laid on its side. Okay, one other part. He says, I got 50 to 70 trees, and I'm wanting to plant this fall. And many of those uh, want to go in a straight line. Nick Ferguson recommended laying down silage tarps and stuff like that. Uh, this sounds like a good idea. Do you have any other recommendations as far as spacing and all that stuff? You don't want to break his back. Look, man, if it's a fodder tree, I ain't worried about it. But if it's something of any value, I always dig that by hand. That's I don't think laying down the silage tarps are a good idea either. I don't know. Not everybody's going to agree with this, but yeah, laying down, laying plastic, like black plastic over your, your property in preparation for trees doesn't seem like it's going to be beneficial for the microbes in your soil, which we're, you know, learning is the most important part of the soil, which is the backbone of the soil. So killing the microbes before your trees pop in, and I'm not a hundred percent sure it's killing everything or if it's just killing back the weeds. But killing all the microbes before you put your trees in are only going to harm the trees. So I, I personally, I would never put silage tarps down in preparation for a garden or trees or anything. I'm like not that. a big fan of it either. Um, there's times where we've disagreed in the past about methodology and some things, but I, I totally agree with you. I'm not a big fan of the yeah. tarps. I know it became kind of popular. I don't have, I mean, it, it, it's a method. You know, if we're getting to the same place, that's a method. It's just not a method I choose to use. There's other ways we go about it when it comes to that sort of thing. And also, and I mean, do you want to retain moisture in between your trees? Having, you know, getting rid of all the weeds, getting rid of all the grass and stuff like that isn't going to be necessarily beneficial for your trees because they're not in the same competition. It's not good to have grass growing up right against your tree because that's where your mulching should be. But um, to have it outside of your mulching, it's not in competition with your tree. No, I don't. And plus, I think we've developed methods in a number of different places where we don't require it, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's where, you know, he was talking about Mark Shepard's method. I, I, I understand to a certain point we will. I use stun, and this is what I was trying to communicate with so many other people in that last conference, is that we use, I cannot tell you, we use one person's method. We cut and paste the best of everything. So we don't baby the trees. If, you have a, if, you, if you're not going to make it, we, I ain't going out of my way to help you make it. But we provide the perfect environment beforehand. So, I mean, we have, we, even using the stun method, we still have a very high success rate for trees surviving. Yes, yes we do. And then also I want to mention that uh, pe peach behind us, you know, last couple yeah. of years, I pruned that thing heavily. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it looks like we actually have peaches that don't have moth yeah. uh, damage in them. Yeah, yeah. Coddling moth. So for the first time yet, I mean, I'm, you know, knock on wood, but so far we don't have any coddling moth problems. And it had to do honestly with working on the soil, just like it's going right back to Fukuoka. You don't have a tree problem. You don't have a genetics problem. You got a soil problem. Hey. So. I just thought of something <laughs> going to this Bigfoot conference and listening to Clyde Lewis talk about that that Bigfoot in that apple orchard stealing those apples. <laughs> hey, Bigfoot, if you're listening, this is the wrong farm. Uh, I'm going to can you if, if you come up here and start stealing. These guys like fruit. to eat canned bear, yeah. man. You know, have a yeah, dude. We have a party over here. Would you like a little Bigfoot? Yeah, here, try this out. Yeah, I put my big toe in the apple dip. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, he's asking one more question about um, I'll, I'll forward this email to you because he's asking also about a, um, you know, 
how we go about doing a consultation. He's wanting it kind oh, of virtually. Me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, um, okay. We got Jennifer, uh, dear William. Hey, this is one that didn't start it with, Hey, pimp people, which is okay. Uh, <laughs> just want to thank you for your content. Okay. My dad is recently retired and because I'm single, a stay at home mom, I get to work with him every day, tending five miniature cows, garden, 32 chickens and so on and so forth. Uh, let's see what she's asking here. Okay. Um, Apparently there wasn't. Apparently there wasn't a question in here. Or if there is, I'm totally missing it. You want me to read over it real quick? No. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for reaching out. I'll probably have to get back there. No, there was something. Okay, there was something in there. It wasn't the question. Um, yeah. Let me go back and hit this a little bit more because. She said something in here that it wasn't even about a question. Just wanted to say, I'll just read the whole thing. Wanted to say thank you for your content. Um, I've been binging all your podcast episodes and trying to learn as much as I can. Okay, folks, that's part of it. Yeah, go back, watch all of our stuff. Thank you very much. Watch it all. (laughs) My dad purchased comfort from y'all and can't wait for it to merge. It's been a couple of weeks, so hopefully it will be soon. My dad has recently retired because, and because I'm a single stay-at-home mom, um, I get to work with them every day, turning the cows and the chickens and all that good stuff. And I'm trying to learn everything I can so I can make an end meet ends without having to go ever go back to work for the man ever. Okay. That's where she hit that. I've really wanted to hit on. She's saying, that's awesome. yeah, you know what, Jennifer, honestly, that's been my motive as well. Um, I guess people make certain assumptions. Some people think seem to think we have money coming out of our eyeballs. We don't. We live a low consumption lifestyle. We don't drive new vehicles. We can't afford a tractor. We don't have a side by side. If you see us in a new vehicle, we rented it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody that's seen us at any of these conferences, yeah. Our our vehicles are so old that we don't trust them to drive all the way to Missouri. So right. we rent. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're going more than a few hours away from here, man, we always rent something. Yeah. So, you know, that's and in fact, as much as we've been renting lately, man, I'm starting to think maybe we ought to buy something. It's a little more reliable, but yeah, she says something there that, uh, Jennifer, don't think for a minute that I'm not right there with you in terms of, I never want to go back to the van or yeah. work for the man. I really don't. I mean, this is why I work 10 times harder now than I ever have. I retired. When I say I retired y'all, that's like burning the ships. I don't intend on going back. Um, I plan on spending Lord willing many, many years doing what I think I was put on this earth to do. And it's, regretful that I didn't discover this years and years and years back when I was your age, son. But you know, that's part of the journey. We're not giving the download and, and Jennifer, that's what you got to do. You're going to have to work. I was, I lucked out. I was giving the download. Thanks dad. Yeah. You're thanks, welcome. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate thanks. You guys. thanks. No, we, 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 we tried to put all the great information, the lessons that we learned into you like, uh, okay, let's send you off to Jeff Lawton. Let's send you off to Joel Salatin. Let's send you off to, you know, anywhere we, we can go to get you to see your desires and, you know, live this. It, it can be low consumption, high quality, which is right. I knew that if I ever wanted to eat the meat that I loved, I'm going to have to raise it, raise it. And it tastes better. And I'm going to have to learn how to butcher it. Yeah. So, you know, Jennifer, I get it. And there's ways, many different ways in here. You can monetize things these days. So, um, yeah, I'm, that's the part of your response that really struck out to me is that I don't ever want to go back. I mean, I don't ever know what's in the cards. You know, I'm, my soul is prepared. I feel good about those things, but at the end of the day, I love this lifestyle. And then also the fear in my life keeps kicking in thinking, well, what if this happens? What if you ever had to find your way back to doing this? You know what? At the end of the day, if I have to, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying not to set up treasures on this earth. I'm setting up treasures for the one beyond it. 
So that's really, at the end of the day, I, I sure hope the Lord keeps me on the straight and narrow. He sure has been going out of his way to answer my prayers. Thanks, Lord, for bringing Milk Boy home. Okay, next one. Uh, this will be the last one. I know we're going a little bit long, but we ought to hit it. Um, Marcellus, oh, almost said your last name. Sorry about that. Hey, Billy, uh, <laughs> permaculture pimps. Yeah, he actually gets it. Um, basically, they're in the military. They're in the Army. And uh, I'm not going to give you your last name. I don't want to embarrass you or anything, or I'm not sure how much. Well, there's it. nothing to be embarrassed. Yeah. Well, he's, he's wanting to know how to get here. Well, basically, they're looking at thinking, okay, do I reenlist? Because I was, I was, I was in this same position to a certain extent. Um, he and his wife, they live in Germany, um, and their dream is always to grow some, la- you know, to get some land, grow food, raise animals, and give their children the sort of upbringing that they thought they ought to have. Um, you know, and they, it sounds like they have a very young family. It says their plan was to save money so they can make that dream happen. But being in the army isn't exactly a six figure job. Yeah, I know that very well. Um, it was a lot different even when I was in. So here's the dilemma. I'm coming up on reenlistment next year and we aren't entirely sure what we want to do next. My wife wants us to get out and start pursuing the homestead. A big part of me wants to do that, but also thinking that it might be wiser to do another contract, save more money and then do it. Plus we'd be getting back to the States instead of transitioning out from Germany. Okay, what advice do you have? Uh, should we get out and start our homestead or continue in the Army? Truly, I feel like the Almighty will protect us, yes. Okay, so let me stop there, and we'll consider some of the other stuff. All right, I'm going to say something, and it's probably going to be very controversial, and I'm not going to care that it is. When you're in there, I remember being in there as a single guy. I didn't have to worry about much. And then I got married, fell in love with Michelle. She was also a soldier at the time. And, um, you know, she started raising William full time. And of course, you know, back then, man, you wouldn't believe what you had to do just to try to put bread on the table. You know, we were on like every other soldier, we were on welfare in the form of wick and some of these other things. And, uh, you know, I try to hustle wherever I could and make money doing this and that. I mean, I got, I got pretty good at cleaning out other soldiers on bets. So, I mean, like bets on fights. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, 20 bucks here, man, 20 bucks was a fortune back then. Um, you know, they were single guys, so I didn't lose a whole lot of sleep. You were either going to give it to me or you're going to give it to the class six. So, um, what's the class six? Basically the liquor store. That's where <laughs> these guys were hanging out. So, um, I was, I remember I was getting, I was a Sergeant at the time. William was still a baby. And I remember the Colonel battalion commander came up to me. I don't know why he took such a shine to me, but he did. And he came up and he says, Hey, uh, Sergeant Bond, you, you want to think about being a uh, officer? And I just thought he was joking. I said, well, sir, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about ready to get out. He says, yeah, precisely. Would you want to stay in if we made you an officer? I came back, talked to your mom about it. Now that meant a massive pay increase. He was going to somehow get me in the, you know, make me an officer, get me in an officer school, whatever the case may be. And, um, I remember going right back to that fear equation. I remember thinking the best thing in the world was to stay in. Because I, you were a baby at the time, and she didn't work. And I was thinking, man, oh, man, I really loved the military, too. I really did. But there was a, the only reason I wanted to stay at that point was fear. I'd hated the things that were unfolding. I can't imagine what it must be like now. I didn't care at all for the things that were going down. And I didn't care how, you know, some of the worst rise to the top. And then here was my opportunity, my golden opportunity. Okay, I could be an officer. And talked about it with your mom and decided, no, um, we're going to go out and risk it. Now, the biggest reason I'll be honest with you 
is that we had a family member who was wealthy and made all these wonderful claims about, hey, you get out, we'll do this, 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 and this. Turned out every bit of it was a lie. I should have learned yeah. back then. He was, <laughs> yeah, he got me then, and I should have learned, but I didn't because sometimes, you know, you got those blinders on uh, when it comes to family. So anyway, we ended up getting out. Long story short, um, then here I was. We were without a safety net for real. I mean, totally, completely, utterly without a safety net. And so here I am in college, not knowing what direction to go and all these different things, you know. But to answer your question, look, this is, you're telling me you got 40,000 bucks in savings. And that's actually, that's quite impressive because most soldiers can't even put back a thousand. So you two must be doing something really right. Well, you know what that also tells me with um, the inability of soldiers being able or sailors, Marines, it doesn't matter. It, it's very difficult to save money. And for you to save $40,000 is extraordinary when you're serving. It tells me that you got all the right stuff that if you wanted to get out, and make a go of this life, you're already light years ahead. You put back 40 yeah. G's in the army. I mean, come on, you got it. I mean, but I'm not going to tell you to go out there and make that move because I know what it's like, especially with a small family. But I will say that there's a whole lot of stuff going on in there. Do you really want to be there? Not only for this administration, but any others. Remember it was Henry Kissinger that said military men are big, stupid animals that should be used as tools for foreign policy. Now, if that's what the Secretary of State, if that's how he looks at you, yeah, that was one evil SOB. I mean, don't get me started on him. But do you think the the others are any better? Uh, here, here's my thought on it: is that if everything that is predicted predicted to happen here soon, do you really want to be government property when that happens? Bam! That's my son, y'all. No, son, that's a really good point. Um, I mean, I understand that it is stable. It is, you know, it, you know, pays what it pays right now, but do you really want to be government property if the worst thing, worst case scenario happens, you know, like it's predicted? Well, how, you know, how much is that 40,000 going to be worth in us dollars if the dollar right. collapses yeah. or anything else, you know? Um, and then you're asking, am I lacking faith? No, no. I mean, in fact, they said here, you don't have to answer that. You know, I'm really touched by this question because you're laying yourself bare. This is exactly what we were talking about earlier. And I know this podcast is going a little bit long, but it is important because it doesn't matter if you're in the army. This question speaks to so many people out there dealing with the same thing. You feel like, okay, I got my, you know, I got this job. I think is stable. Do you love it? Do you love going in there every day? Do you love working day after day, week after week, month after month for a pittance or you know, you go in there, like Carlin said, they pay you enough to keep you from quitting. You do enough to keep from getting fired. That may not be your work ethic, but by and large, if you're not doing, I would rather be the poorest dirt farmer in the middle of Kansas and happy than slaving away at a machine, whatever that machine may be for you, uh, for years and years. But no, I don't think you're lacking faith. I think, honestly, um, it may be what we talked about this whole podcast. It may be about fear. Remember, we're not given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of love and of a sound mind. Right. And pray and ask God for like um, discernment. And then if you, if you get an answer and you're not sure if it was from God or if you're just making it up yourself, I mean, pray for confirmation. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So it sounds like you're doing, I will say, I will say that you are 40,000 ahead of most of the people I know that start this lifestyle, they start with yeah. a lot less. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get out. Um, 
I'm reluctant. I'm very reticent in giving you a yes or no question. I just know based on what I'm seeing here, assuming everything is accurate, which I have no reason to believe that it wouldn't be. I have no doubt that you could basically raise up from where you are. Remember, you got a lot of good skills that you've acquired while being in the military. And you also have a lot available to you when you get out. You got that GI bill. You got what you got saved. And also, it sounds like if you're able to if you're able to save 40 G's in the military, you are a frugal person, especially yeah. as an enlisted. Yeah. Um, you are a frugal person, and I have no doubt in my mind that you have a better shot than most. I would put you probably, knowing that environment, I would probably put you somewhere in the 95 percentile that could honestly make a, a really good go of it. Here's here's the strong advice I would give you. Please do not take that money and go buy a tractor because you want to be a farmer. Oh, <laughs> please don't go goodness. take it and buy a tractor. <laughs> In fact, spend a little bit of it on buying a little bit of information. People just read Greg right. Judy's two books. Read Joel Salatin's. Yeah. You know, these things have their places. But here we are. You know, we're successful farmers. And we don't have a tractor. Not saying, you know, if I had one, if somebody gave me one, I wouldn't turn it down. I but mean, it ain't doing us no good in this environment anyway. No. Joel Salatin, I mean, and I can't remember, is it You Can Farm? He tells you exactly how to start a farm and how much you can expect to make. And remember, what did Joel say? What makes a farm, son? You, the farmer. The farmer. <laughs> yeah, and you don't right. need a tractor to be a farmer. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't need all these other little gadgets. You know, growing those uh, mushrooms in your basement, that makes you a farmer in my book. Yeah, you could grow microgreens. You're still a farmer. But think about this question in terms of all you others. I know some of you may be driving down the road. Some of you might be working on a little project at the house, dreaming about this every night of this lifestyle. There's another segment of you that are at jobs that might even very well pay good, but you don't wake up. Look, I was in one of those jobs. So was Michelle. I made a lot of money. So did she, but it wasn't fulfilling and it wasn't anything I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing. Son, how many jobs that you do that oh, you hated? Yeah. I went through you got a here? lot of jobs. A lot. I went through a lot of jobs before I figured out, I mean, what I didn't want to do. I mean, it definitely taught me what I didn't want to do. But uh, also thinking back about the the farmer thing, instead of farming and gardening, I think we should refer back to it as either building or mining. Good. We point. can get rid of the whole farming and gardening term. We can just start either. You can either say you're building or mining. That's I, I really like that. So it's regenerative or sustainable. Um, yeah. That's it's kind of the it's not the same parallel, but it's close enough. Point being, y'all, you have you you can do this. Look, if there are quadriplegics out here making a go of this. Um, if there are paraplegics that run successful businesses, if there are people like um, dealing with severe autism that are making a real good go of all this, you have it available to you. You can do this. You know, like I said, and I've said it, this will be number three. You've not given a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So hopefully folks, all of this stuff was a blessing to you. Check us out at the website. If you got anything, questions, reach out to me. We'll see you next time. Stay alert. Stay alive.